Hey, my name is Jake. There is absolutely no purpose to this podcast. It is merely a byproduct of boredom and the world being stuck in quarantine. Basically, what this podcast will consist of is myself talking about things that probably will not be relevant to you or to anyone else. I'll be covering topics far and wide. I'm in no way an expert on these topics. This is simply for entertainment purposes. And the entertainment, of course, being how dumb I make myself sound. In no way is any of this political. I'm sure my Christian worldview will come through the sentences I say, but this is in no way a political show, so please don't cancel me. To kick off today's show, I'm going to talk to you guys about what I would do if I ever ran into Brad Pitt. So I basically sat around and thought about this for a long time, and I've always kind of considered myself um, Brad Pitt-esque. Um, whenever I watch a movie that has him in it, I'm just kind of like, you know, I could be him. Um, and every time someone asks for my Twitter handle, I always just say Brad Pitt. Um, I don't know, really know why. Um, so this is what I would do if I ever ran into Brad Pitt. So I would, I would walk up to him, of course, and I would say, Hey, Brad Pitt, my name is Jake. It's so great to meet you. Um, could we get a picture? And assuming he says yes, which I'm, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he's a great, great guy. Um, I would, I would be like, Hey, can you, can you take the picture? I, I would hand him my phone, whatever. If he doesn't want to take it with his phone, that's fine. I would hand him my phone and be like, can you take it? And, and hopefully he was like, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then, so he'll put his arm up to take the selfie. And, uh, right before he clicks the button, I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. Um, do you happen to have any name tags on you? And he'll probably say something along the lines of name tags. What, what do you mean? Why would we need, mean, need name tags? And so I would then say to him, well, I think that we should probably wear name tags in this photo just so people can tell us apart. I'll let that sink in for a minute. I would say to Brad Pitt that we essentially look exactly the same and that we need to identify ourselves in a photo so people know who we are. I would love just to see his reaction on that and just see what he would say about it. Because I feel like it would be one of two things. I feel like he would either laugh it off and then take the photo and walk away. Or he would get really weirded out, hand me my phone back, and never seek to talk to me ever again. Which would be devastating. But I mean, that's what I would do if I ever ran into Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, if you're listening, which I know you're not, um, this is just me fantasizing. Um, you can go ahead and, and DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at JakeLogan98. Um, you can go ahead and DM me on Twitter, and uh, we can set up a time uh, that we can take a picture. So, yeah, just let me know. Um, have you guys ever thought about how the animals, the wild animals... Okay, so, so track with me here. So we have, we have animals like dogs, cats... Um, you know, dogs and cats that are like domestic animals. I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, so let's say we have no dogs and cats, no domesticated animals. Every animal is wild, okay? So if every animal is wild, right? So there's no such thing as dogs, no such thing as cats. There's only the wild animals that were here, like when everything started, Okay. So, now this is where I'm going to protrude my Christian worldview. So, let's say at the beginning of creation, when God created every animal, 
every animal was wild, right? There was no domestication. Everything was wild in, in its purest form, right? So let's say for a minute here, let's just pretend that humanity never existed. No human ever touched foot on this earth, okay? But all the animals still did. So if we follow the bloodline, so let's say, let's say a bear was created, the first bear ever created, right? His name is Demarcus, okay? Let's say the, the first bear ever created, his name is Demarcus, and his bear wife, um, Linda, okay? So Demarcus and Linda are bear husband and wife, and they, you know, have little bear cubs, okay? And then their bear cubs have bear cubs, so they have, so Demarcus and Linda have grand bear cubs, right? So let's say we followed that line, that bloodline, all the way down to where time would be now, right? So keep in mind, there are no humans on this earth. Bears that would be alive from Demetrius or Demarcus and Linda all the way down the bloodline to now would still exist today, right? So let's say, so let's say that bears... Okay, bears were created, right? Bears are wild. If humanity never touched foot on this earth, bears still existed, would still exist, right? If bears existed before humanity even touched earth, or even if humanity never touched earth, then the bears that exist now, like that exist now with humanity existing, would still exist if humanity never existed. You see what I'm saying? It makes sense, I promise it does. If, so let's say Demarcus and Linda's great by 10,000 grand cub, right? His name is Johnson, Johnson. He, so Johnson exists April 20th, 2020, okay? Johnson exists for 2020. Humanity exists right now, okay? Humanity and Johnson coexist. But take humanity out of the picture. Johnson still exists. Humanity never touched the bears, so the bloodline was pure until Johnson. He would still exist for 2020-2020, right? And that's absolutely wild. Because humanity... You know, can't touch wild animals, can't touch that bloodline. I mean, they can, they can end bloodlines, but if they never existed, then, you know, that's crazy. Now, let's stay on this, on this vein of animals, okay? So, let's say, let's say, what, what would happen if the world was covered in ice, right? So, I know for a fact that, you know, we've had ice ages, Right? I mean, I'm no dummy. Or an ice age, I think. Right? I might be wrong. But, I'm, I mean, I've seen the movies. So, but let's say that it never went away. Okay? So, let's say you and me, two people who exist currently, instead of, instead of looking outside and seeing blue skies, well, the skies could still be blue. But instead of seeing like green trees and, and green grass and even dirt and stuff, all we saw 
was ice, right? So imagine having to adapt. So imagine, imagine what we live in today, right? So summertime is like super like fun and warm and everybody's in the pool and everything. Um, I live in Arizona, so you know, it's super, super hot and everybody's tan. So everybody's fun, it's all fun. You know, everybody's in the pool having a good time, all this stuff. Now, imagine for a moment that none of that has ever existed in the entire history ever, okay? Or better yet, imagine we wake up tomorrow on 4-21-2020, shout out Luke Phelps, happy birthday buddy, and the world is covered in ice, right? No plants, no trees, nothing. What would happen? Well, I think one of two things could probably happen. One... We could all die of frostbite and frozen coldness, or we could all die of starvation. Because, let's, let's think about this logically for a second. If ice wiped out all plants, okay, all plants, that means all berries, lettuce, you know, vegetables, everything is gone. So basically, all we have to turn to is meat, right? So if all we have to turn to is meat, well, that leaves... What, what animals would survive the, you know, the freezing of the earth? Which is what? Not cows, not chickens, maybe fish, maybe in rivers, in the ocean, not in lakes though. Imagine, so what would we have to eat? We'd have what? Polar bear? Maybe? Bear? Maybe? Um... You know, I can't even think of another animal or another meat-filled animal, okay? So, let's say for a minute here that everything is wiped out. What would we do? Well, we're civilized, right? I live in the suburbs. We're civilized in our homes, okay? The world is covered in ice. How am I going to travel? How am I going to get around, right? And where am I going to get to the nearest bear to kill it and eat it? I can't. So if the world, if we wake up tomorrow and the entire world is covered in ice, humanity would be dead in like two months max. Maybe three. Simply because of starvation and freezing to death. There's literally nothing we could do. Sure, we have, you know, we have, uh, I don't know, food rations and stuff like or rations like we're we're supplied on food for now but what happens when all of our vegetables run out all of our beef and chicken run out what are we going to do then nothing we can't do anything we can't do anything so i'm going to tell you about the time that i had two ingrown toenails on the same toe okay so right now what i'm talking about is my right big toe. Okay, I don't know if you know what, a, what an ingrown toenail is, but it's not, um, it's not fun. It's not something that you really wanna engage in. Um, if someone was like, hey, do you wanna come to this party with me? They're gonna give us all ingrown toenails. I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna have to pass um, and take up you know, the offer of to not do that. So ingrown toenails are probably not the, the, the most fun thing I've ever had to experience. Um, so, so one ingrown toenail by itself 
it, it sucks, okay? It feels like there's a little tiny person uh, that's always standing by your toe. And every time you move it, he just, you know, stabs it on the side. Um, so let's imagine for a second that you have two ingrown toenails, okay? So if you think about it, your toenail, like your toe, right, is kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a railroad, okay? So if, if you think about it, if you think about the structure of it, if you're going down your toe from, from the part where it connects to your foot down to, the, down to the tip of your toe, it's like a straight line, right, for most people who are normal. It's like a straight line down the railroad, right? So imagine your toenail, the sides of your toenail being like the, the guardrails of, of the track, right, that keep the train on, okay? Um, because in, imagine like the, the, the big part of your toenail is like, is like the train, Okay, so imagine one of those, the guards, the left guard on the track gets blown out, right? It's gone, it's useless, it hurts. The right track is still there, right? Now imagine you take away the right track. What's going to happen to the train? The train is going to be unsupported, wobbly, you know? So uh, now imagine that instead of just taking the guardrails away, you put 52,000 razor blades on each side of the, tr of the railroad track. And every time the train wobbled a little bit, all 52,000 of those razor blades would go directly in to the train, right? So it's kind of like this. If you're looking, if you're holding up, so hold up, take your two index fingers and point directly up to the sky and put them kind of close together, okay? And now, take your right index finger and put it down, okay? And then put, take your left index finger and put it down, right? Now put them back up. So, this is, so these represent the two sides of the toenail, okay? Now imagine there were 52,000 tiny people stabbing each millimeter of your two fingers, okay, at all times. That's what it felt like to have two ingrown toenails on the same toe. Now, getting these removed was a process, okay? So, I, so I tried to take them out by myself um, because, you know, I was young, I was 18, I was stupid. Um, so... I tried to dig them out by myself, which ultimately only made it worse. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the color of pus, but imagine that coming out of uh, your toe. Um, so eventually I, I was like, hey, mom, I got to go, you know, get this taken care of because I literally cannot stand this pain anymore. And um, so she took me to this guy who was a, I don't know what they call it, toe specialist. I don't know. This guy, he was a nice guy. He was older. Um, I forgot his name. I don't think I actually ever really learned his name. So the first time I go in there, I'm like, hey, Dr. Toe Guy, um, I've got two ingrown toenails on the side, of my, uh, the side of my right big toe. And he's like, you know what? We'll take care of that, no problem. So I'm going to describe to you in detail the process to get my ingrown toenails out of my toe. So this is essentially what it is. Squeamish viewers still listen. So they take, he takes this, 
he so he takes this band, essentially, and he wraps it as tight as he possibly can around my toe. Okay, he basically he's basically trying to cauterize my toe. Um, so he takes and then so after that's done, my toe is good, is big and puffy, red with you know I can't even feel it anymore. He takes this very very little bottle, and it has a little spout on it. Okay, and he comes up to my toe, and he sprays it on my toe. And it this now listen listen closely when I tell you this. This is literally the coldest thing I have ever felt in my entire life. Okay, it literally felt like I was getting frostbite like that. So he sprays this very very cold spray on my toe, and essentially what that did what that did was that made it so easy for him to get one the needle in there and two I didn't even feel the needle going in because it was so cold I literally couldn't feel anything but cold and then so he had to stick the needle in which I didn't even feel because you know you could imagine that would hurt getting a needle in the tip of your toe oh that would hurt Um, but so the needle had the numbing stuff in it so he put the numbing stuff in so basically what he did was he numbed my toe to, to numb my toe okay you're tracking with me. So he takes it. So he takes the needle. He puts the numbing stuff into my toe. And then I can't feel a thing anymore. I can't feel a thing in my toe. It doesn't hurt. I don't, I don't feel anything. So basically what he does is he, take, he takes these things that look basically like mini uh, bolt cutters. But they're like, you know, it's kind of like scissors. Um, and he takes it. And he basically what he does is he just cuts a line. Down the, whew, down the side of my toe, and he so he cuts a line down the, a straight line down the side of my toe, and then he pulls the ingrown toenail out from like inside of my actual skin. So basically, he cut off like part of my toe, my toenail completely, and I didn't feel it. It didn't hurt at all. And then he took it out, and then he and then he took this a, this little yellow substance, which I didn't really know exactly what it was. He took it and he basically what he did was he rubbed it. He took the cotton, um, what's it called? A Q-tip and he rubbed it into the thing and he like twisted it around on my, on the side that he just cut out. Okay. And he said basically what it does is it kills all, all of the things that grow toenails back. So it won't grow again on that side. Um, and I was like, okay, that's cool. So I'll never have to deal with an, an ingrown toenail again. And then he went and he did it on the other side as well. He did the same exact thing on the other side. The cold spray, the, the numbing, the cutting with the bolt cutters, and the, you know, the numbing, or the uh, whatever it's called. Good night. The stuff that, like, makes it not grow back. And let me tell you, um, after, after he was done with everything, he took the cauterizing thing off of my toe and... I don't know if you guys have ever seen like a cast for when you break your arm. So take that and imagine it multiplied by 95. That's basically what he wrapped my freaking toe in. Okay, he wrapped it in like 10 layers of bandages and then, because it was bleeding profusely, and then like two more layers of this like super gauzy stuff, right? It's crazy. And then he was like, okay, here's some painkillers because after the numbing stuff wore off, oh boy, did it hurt. He's like, here's some painkillers, um, you know, don't walk on it for a, a day or two, you know, just be smart about it. And then he told me not to take the bandages off for at least three days. 
I was like, okay. Um, and then, so after the three days were up, you know, I, I took the bandages off and oh my gosh, it looked like, it looked like I didn't have a toe anymore. It was so bloody and so crusty. It was absolutely disgusting. But you know, that's the price of having two ingrown toenails on the same toe. But then I got another ingrown toenail on the left side of my left toe. Um, so basically I'd, I don't have three sides of my big toenails. I only have the right side of my left toe left. Um, and that one actually has been off and on for me. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes it doesn't. So, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this. But let's talk about time traveling here for a minute. So, imagine with me for a minute that after this whole quarantine is over, after everything is over, everything goes back to normal, which hopefully it will, you know, they announced that they have perfected the science of time traveling, right? Imagine with me for a moment, just daydream with me, okay? So if they perfect the science of time traveling, this is pretty much what would happen. Scientists would go back first, obviously. They would go back to a time just to see if it worked. They wouldn't do anything, wouldn't touch anything, they would just go back to see if it worked. They would see. They would go back to see if they could get there and get back. Okay, that's all it would be for the first like million tries. That's all it would be, just to perfect everything. And then what would happen is the only people that would be allowed to time travel would be authorized people. Like they would not open it up to the public. Okay, because here's why: if everybody had the ability to time travel, this is what would happen. People would go back in time and essentially stop themselves from doing things, okay? So if, if, if everybody has the ability to time travel, in an instant, the entire world would be completely different, okay? So, it's, so for example, say we have a woman named, uh, I don't know, Mindy, okay? Let's say Mindy is a marketing person at this firm in like, Atlanta, okay? So Mindy, marketing person in a firm in Atlanta, okay? Mindy has made some mistakes in her life, okay? Let's say Mindy one time ordered Dr. Pepper when she actually wanted root beer, right? And that Dr. Pepper made her, you know, her stomach not feel good, okay? So let's say that that happened on March 26, 1995, okay? So Mindy would get in her little time traveler thing, go back to March 26th, 1995, and what she would essentially have to do is get rid of herself from the past, okay, from March 26th, 1995, get rid of that Mindy and replace her as herself and order the root beer instead of the Dr. Pepper, right? But then what happens? If Mindy goes back to the present, then Mindy from the future, or from the past, never, you know, is killed or is gone, okay? So then what would happen? Mindy would have died March 26, 1995. So she never existed after that point. Do you see what I'm saying? So once she 
you know, kills herself from the past, she can't go back to the future because there is no future to go back to. Because herself from the past never got to the point in the future. You see what I'm saying? So this is, this is why time traveling would never be open to the public. Because if everybody had the ability to do that, to go back in time and change mistakes that they've made, because you know that's what would happen. Or people will go back in time and, you know, you know, stop major events from happening like, you know, World War II and all this stuff. You know, all of these things that formed our society today, in an instant, you know, a day after they, they opened it up to the public, everything would be completely different. People would not exist, you know, things would not exist. Everything would be so different because one minor change in the past affects a plethora of things in the future. So let's say, let's say even, let's even go down to the tiniest, the tiniest nitty gritty, okay? Let's say that a man named Jackson, okay? A man named Jackson goes back in time to the day that, you know, he planted a mustard, you know, he planted a lemon tree, okay, in, in Omaha, Nebraska, right? Now, let's say he, he allows his past self to, you know, uh, to plant that tree. He doesn't get rid of his past self. But instead, of what he does is he goes and he digs up the seed and, so, and he keeps it. So the tree never grows. So what would happen is Jackson from the past would come and wonder... Oh my gosh, you know, like what happened to my tree? Like why is it not why is it not growing? All this stuff. And so this is a long shot, but the possibility is that Jackson from the past could be like, hey, I want to learn why my tree never grew. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to college and become a botanist. Okay? And you know, and I'm gonna learn botany and understand why my tree never grew. Now let's say Jackson from the present is a multi-billionaire, right? Let's say Jackson from the present is a multi-billionaire. He made his money being a, you know, a YouTuber. Now, if Jackson from the past decided that he wants to be a botanist, then Jackson from the future, or from the present, would have nothing of what he had before. You see what I'm saying? So even, even the tiniest, the tiniest little, little, little thing, the tiniest little thing, would affect everything in the future. So that's why I think that if they're looking into time travel and they're trying to figure it out, I think that they should just not, okay? Everything in the past happened because it was in the past. You know, it already happened, it's the past. Now if, now I, now I 100% think it's amazing that people want to time travel to stop major events from happening to save lives, I think that is absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong, I think that's so cool and I wish that it could work out. But, I don't think people really understand the implications of what it could mean to go back and change. Now let's say, now let's go on a large, large scale, okay? Let's say somebody goes back and kills Hitler before he gets into power in Germany, okay? So the, 
you know, the Nazi-ization of Germany. I don't know what the word is, forgive me. The Nazi-ization of Germany never happened, okay, because Hitler was dead. Hitler, Hitler didn't go into power, okay? Now imagine what would happen, right? Sure, everything, you know, all the people who lost their lives in World War II would still be alive if you look at it from the surface, okay? If now, now let's say, yeah, if you stopped Hitler from being alive, sure, World War II wouldn't have happened because Hitler started World War II, essentially, okay? So if Hitler never, was never alive, World War II would have never happened, a lot of people wouldn't have lost their lives. Sure, okay. Now let's say what would have happened instead, okay? What would have happened instead of World War II? Well, we don't know, okay? So let's say Hitler's dead. What's Stalin doing in Russia? What's Mussolini doing in Italy, you know? What's the emperor of Japan doing? You know, where's that? What's, what's going to happen there? So I, it has the potential... Stopping World War II, killing Hitler before World War II even starts, has the potential of costing even more lives and more harm, more evil, right? World War II was absolutely horrible, absolutely evil, and I'm not denying that. But let's say, for a minute here, that World War II, let's just imagine for me here, just, just, just track with me, World War II could have been less evil than what could happen if Hitler never existed or if something, somebody else did something else to stop World War II, you know? Like, there's no telling what could have happened instead. So I think, I think if, I think if time traveling at its base, the only thing it could possibly be used for, the only thing, is one, you know, like, saving or, you know, helping the environment. You know, people could go back secretly, plant more trees, you know, whatever, before everything happened or everything is starting to, you know, get worse, you know. I think stuff like that, stuff that would only, could only possibly have a positive effect, okay, that's the only thing that time traveling could be used for that is not dangerous. And now, let's think about this. If time traveling, so let's say, so let's weigh the pros and cons here. Time traveling is, is discovered. Okay, great. People go back and, you know, plant more trees, save more animals, whatever. Okay, great. Now, let's say that some politicians, some, you know, super evil people get their hands on it. What are they going to do? You know, there's no telling what they're going to do. So I think, I think that, it, that figuring out time traveling could cause a lot more harm than good. So I think that if, which I'm not even sure if they are, and I didn't Google it or anything, if, you know, time traveling is trying to be discovered, I think that they should just absolutely stop. Stop, try, stop any research, stop trying to figure it out, because it could only cause harm, right? It just has a lot more potential to cause harm than good. Okay. I'm done with time traveling now. Now I'm going to talk about why I refuse to wear lotion. So, 
if you can't tell already, I am a um, descendant of the male specimen. I am a I am a man, a male. Um, now I'm not saying that gender has anything to do with this at all, but so let's talk about lotion here for a minute. What is lotion? Lotion is basically a like wet substance that is supposed to moisturize your skin, right? I think that's what it is. At its very core, basically all it is is just a goo that moisturizes your skin. Okay? So, let's now track with me here. Lotion is great. It's great. People love it. Fine. Lotion's great. If you want to use lotion, go ahead, lather yourself up, and all the lotion you can find, whatever you want. That's on you. Now, I have a reason why I refuse to wear lotion. So, have you ever... Okay, now track with me here. Have you ever been getting out of the shower, okay, or a bath, right? And it's super hot in the bathroom, it's super steamy, okay? You're, you're very hot, like, temperature-wise. You're very warm, and you're very, like, damp. It's very humid. Now imagine trying to put on the tightest pair of skinny jeans and the tightest long sleeve shirt that you can find, okay? That and socks, like super long socks, all, all, all of that. The moisture in your skin combats the fabric of your, you know, your clothes. So this is essentially what I think lotion is. Lotion is pretty much olive oil, okay? So, now I have another analogy. So imagine lotion is like motor oil, or just like gasoline, oil, whatever. It's oil, okay? Gasoline and oil are two different things. But now just imagine that it's oil, okay? You know how oil and water don't mix, right? So imagine you pour oil into a, into a tub of water, okay? It won't mix, okay? Now imagine, so we've, we've assigned lotion to oil. Now let's assign comfort to water, okay? The two don't mix. Putting lotion on and trying to be comfortable, like laying in bed or, or sitting in your clothes, it just doesn't mix. Being wet and like uh, chalky in bed is literally the worst feeling of all time. And I do not understand how people are like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Lotion is essentially olive oil. Okay, and the only thing that's being cooked up is my anger towards being uncomfortable. Okay, now if, if you couldn't pay me, you probably could, but if you offered to pay me a thousand dollars to put lotion on, you know, my legs and my arms and my chest, whatever, whatever you're supposed to put it, and lay in bed, I would honestly, honestly debate it and think about it for a minute, because I honestly do not think that that is worth it. I just do not understand how people can be okay with getting into bed and feeling, you know, slimy and wet. I just do not understand it, and I never will. I refuse to wear lotion because I like to be comfortable.
I think that's going to be it for us today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, you probably will enjoy the next one, so you better come back. Um, this has been the What's It Called show. I'm Jake Ellibrecht, and whatever. I'll see you next time.